Okay, well, I'm super excited tonight to bring back Jonathan Hertzberg of Fun City Editions. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks so much for uh, for having me back, Chris. Yeah, of course. What's happened since last time we spoke? Right. Uh, congratulations. I, you know, we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but I'm staring at. I know you don't do traditional spine numbers as as it stands, but I'm staring at catalog number fifteen. Mm -hmm. uh, since we last spoke in just over a year and a half. So congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. In yeah, including a box set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember where we were at in the process when I spoke to you. Cause you, you, that was, yeah, I guess that was like early 2021. So. Yeah, exactly. No, that's great. Oh, I think we had, I'm pretty sure I'll have to go back and, uh, and double check this, but I know alphabet city had come out. Uh, and I believe I start counting had already come out and you just released Jeremy or something like that. Okay. I think it was right around that time. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, wow. And so, uh, yeah, a lot's happened since then. So how, I mean, we're going to dive deep into uh, the journey here in a minute, but just high level, how's it been? You still happy to be doing this? Oh yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's, uh, it's still, it's still a dream. It's still, it's still, uh, you know, completely satisfying to, to put, to be able to sort of give help give these films a second or third life and especially yeah. we've had a lot of since you and I spoke we've had quite a few titles come out where we had filmmaker involvement and it's just been so yeah. cool to get to see them see their their babies get you know get new get new life after yeah. they really didn't see that coming in a lot of cases is there one title that stands out to you where that's true? Like just, you can talk a little bit. That's a, that's a cool, that's a cool uh, concept you brought up. Is there one where you're thinking about? Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, I, I would say uh, natural enemies is one of okay. those heartbreakers is one of those. Those, those okay. are two of our recent releases where yeah. the filmmakers were around and the filmmakers uh, gave us a lot of their time and a lot of their stories and memories and, and, both of those films had been out of circulation for a long time. So, and, and, and in some, in, in, in both cases, maybe hadn't, hadn't really had a fair shake or had sort of been forgotten or like in the case of natural enemies really barely came out and heartbreakers had come out, but it really had been out of circulation. Both had been out of circulation for decades. So neither filmmaker, um, Bobby Roth, the director of Heartbreakers, nor Jeff Canoe, the director of Natural Enemies, like really thought that these movies would see the light of day again or have like the idea of having like new reviews for these movies, um, you know, was, yeah. really, was really pretty, uh, pretty mind blowing for both of those guys. So I've been, it's been fun to share like when good reviews come in and stuff like that, just to oh, that's great. share with them. Yeah. I have to imagine uh, Radio One was one of those as well. Was that were they involved much in that project? Yeah, we we were involved with uh, with Chris Pettit, and we we did we did uh, we did do a new a new on camera interview with Chris. Yeah. I mean, Chris, and and um, yeah, we weren't that one. It's a little bit different because the BFI had had done the restoration of the film, and you know that film and that film had been out you know it hadn't been quite as uh buried as as the two okay. other films i mentioned so That's true. yeah so i think I, I, not which is not to say that chris pettit also uh wasn't 
um, really excited that his movie was coming out uh-huh. um, here and in, in England in, you know, really nice new editions and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's just with these two films, they're sort of more, we, we were more involved with them from soup to nuts. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, uh, yeah, that Radio One was just a. Uh, I was that it's it's a fair point because that's one that I was so excited when I heard it announced. So I kind of already had a history with it. So that makes total sense that you say that. Yeah, um, yeah. So no, I mean, we're a, we're still we're still super excited to be able to to put it out here, and yeah, we had it in the New York Film Festival last year, and you know, and then it went went up on the Criterion Channel. So yeah, you know, we did really actually uh, get to really you know, get that one out there in, in, in a lot of different places here in the U S which was, which was really exciting because it's a British film and it's much less, it was much less known here than it, than it is over there. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I, okay. So I think I have a ranking up. I meant to pull this up ahead. I'm going to pull it up right now. I have a ranking on letterbox that I have for anybody who's, who's following me on fun city titles. Um, (laughs) Um, and I just, you know, the thing that's jumped out to me as I go through them is, you know, how any, any ranking list is always inherently kind of, um, uh, misleading a little bit, because if it's like, if you like all of them, there's really no point in having something at number 13, because it's like, well, you know, I just, it's, it doesn't mean that it's bad. <laughs> it just means that there's, there's a bunch of the ones ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Um, right now though, I have born to win at number one. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. That film was so cool. Oh well, I'm really, I'm really glad, glad to hear it. Um, it definitely. Well, t- t- tell me why you thought it was what you really enjoyed about it. What you thought was so cool about it's, it. It's okay. So first of all, the performance from George Siegel, just like I, I, I knew he was a pretty good actor, um, and he was pretty good in. Um, is it Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Is that right? Yes. 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 He's, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. Um, or or maybe great in that I don't know, but I just hadn't really thought of him in like being able to handle a role like this. Um, he's so much energy; he just like explodes on the screen, and it's just like every you know when he's um, I don't know. I just like I wanted to keep watching him, and he handles the thing well. Where there's like tragedy in his life and tragedy in his personality, and mm-hmm. I think he does this thing that's really hard to do of being energetic and positive, but but the tragedy is like the main thing that comes through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just not many people can pull that off right right that idea of like somebody whose life is like falling apart but he's projecting this facade of like yeah man everything's cool i'm born to yeah. win yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly um and i think it's just nice sometimes like movies like this i feel maybe they don't land well as, as well in their initial release or get remembered as well because it's almost like it feels like a genre that you're expecting but slightly off <laughs> um and, yeah. but it's just i don't know i loved it oh really well i'm glad to hear it i i i am i'm hoping then that when you we when this goes up that that will just maybe maybe you're you're um you're trumpeting it and champ championing it will will help bump the sales up a little bit because it hasn't been our best it hasn't been our best seller unfortunately but really yeah, but you know, I mean, this su- you know subject matter is it, it may be tough, and um, also maybe just you know, name recognition. I don't know. Well, so this film, this film has been in the public domain or treated as if it's public domain for like 
decades and decades so there's a lot of really crappy um mm. like basically bootleggy versions out there streaming and otherwise yeah and unfortunately i think that a lot of people maybe have viewed the film that way and that doesn't doesn't exactly present a film as good as it could when it looks you know kind of janky and and um anyway i don't know if that's impacted the sales or not but yeah it's still we're still it's still we're you know we're still plugging it it's still plugging away i just mean that it hasn't been it wasn't like married to the mob you know which has been already sold such out, a right? good, good seller for us yeah yeah so yeah. it can't um, all be that but but yeah i love we love born to win so i'm i'm really glad that that one spoke to you oh and, god yeah it's awesome i'll do my part i also separately on reddit just because i write about movies anyway so i thought why not post some stuff on reddit i also have all the way up through either born to win or coca-cola kid up as like uh i call it like exposure to so it's up on reddit and then people oh, cool. have commented on there on some of these um i just think it's fun to do it because like you know a lot of times people will be like oh i was thinking about getting this tell me about it or whatever um i don't want to go through all of them but i do want to call it number two because probably the most surprised title to me not that i know you personally but i i feel like as you put movies out i feel like i you know, I'm starting to get a feeling of like who Jonathan is or your taste a little bit. Okay. And like the thing that surprised me the most that I love that you put out uh, was Morven Collar. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, so I, I'm curious if you could talk about like, how was that? Did you get to like work with the filmmakers at all? Or um, like, how was that to put out? Well, that was a dream to put out because that was a film that I like really loved when it came out, when I saw yeah. it um, in, I mean, sh sort of shockingly to me 20 years ago, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, like, right. where did that time go and that was a film that just um I really spoke to me and I had and it really you know was it was it was like a one of those pivotal films and then you know like years years later when it was something that was a possibility for us to put out it was really like I say it was really a dream because it was just sort of shocking that nobody else had done it um and it really hadn't been represented well in you know in the hd era it really it had a had a, it had a very early era dvd so the quality out there really wasn't great and then if you unless you were lucky to see a print of you know a 35 print playing somewhere yeah you really couldn't see this movie in good quality so it was really um you know really a treat to and it is one of the best you know films i think and and it's kind of continually ranked as one of the best films of the last couple of decades and yeah so unfortunately we didn't really get to work with the filmmakers on it um we didn't really get to work closely with Lynn Ramsey on it just like okay. scheduling things like that she was okay. working on some other projects and stuff like that so um so yeah I mean but still um like I say uh, definitely, I feel a crown jewel in our in our catalog. More than college. hopefully, hopefully that's selling well. Yeah, I think it. I think it is. I think it is okay, selling good. well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's definitely like for a lot of our. It's interesting because even though that film has a big audience, um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the people that were our initial buying audience didn't necessarily know the film. So I think it it kind of it was one of those cases where 
uh, a film like Morgan Collar, which already has a big following and a notoriety, yeah. brought some new audience to our line. Okay, and then good. we brought some new audience to the film from, you know, people that were already uh, buying Fun City uh, product up until then. Well, there's, this is something that maybe is a good transition point because you, you mentioned one of the best films of the early 2000s. Uh, and, and this is kind of something, there's a few films that OCM has put out, OCN, excuse me, has put out now that mm -hmm. I use as sort of examples of why I love what they're doing so much and what Justin's kind of putting together there so much. And one of them is more of a collar because if you look at Lim Ramsey's filmography, it's like Criterion has one or two of her releases and right. then Fun City has one. And I love that. Like, um, you know, there's another label that just put out Rebels of the Neon God. It's another one that could easily be a quote unquote criterion film. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's big, I, big World. Big World put out. Big World. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and like that was so happy to see that getting a release. And like, I just love that, you know, I guess what Justin and, and, and all of y'all are kind of building over there, which is like, hey, mm -hmm. like there's a lot of good movies to put out. Oh, yeah. No, it's a never. It, it, yeah, it's, a, it's really um, it's really it's daunting actually because there's obviously so much there's so much out there there's so much untapped and and then of course our label our mission statement is a little bit wide-ranging so it means that we can fit a lot of different things under under the tent um but yeah but it's also uh but it's but it's exciting because i feel like I don't, we're not in a, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not kind of cornered too much into one area. So we're not, you know, if, if something is, if we're not able to work out a deal for one thing, we can pivot somewhere else. And there's, you know, always, there's always plenty of other exciting, exciting potential projects, acquisitions to work on. Well, I know your background is in I hope I say the word right. It's repertory cinema, right? That's what people talk about, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I know that's your background. So do you feel like that's helped though in kind of what you're talking about? Because whether it's new festivals or just, you know, festival movies that happen to be 30, 40 years old, like it seems to be a lot. That's where you're pulling from, right? Well, yeah, we're definitely, our our, our concentration is definitely on the, on the repertory or, you know, catalog side. Yeah. Uh, obviously we're not, we're not really putting out contemporary stuff but then you know people thought oh you guys are doing 70s and 80s stuff and then we did Morver and Collar and that's from 2002 so that right. kind of confused or muddied the waters a little so I guess what I said after that was essentially if something is like around 20 years old it's probably it's probably fair game for us. It reminds me of I'm not trying to compare like style wise but like the you know mission wise you grew up listening to classic radio and as you become an adult the music that you listen to as a teenager all of a sudden is on classic radio you're like shit <laughs> oh yeah right right the, the like the 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 um yeah the the, the goalposts on that change you mean like on yeah. like classic rock radio and exactly like yeah all of a yeah. sudden you're like how's that classic rock i used to listen to that anyways um but um okay cool well um so you've one of the things that we talked about last time you were on that I think is cool, in my opinion, you've still been able to maintain is, mm. and I don't remember exactly how we phrased it, but essentially the, the city or the environment of the movie becomes a character in a, lo a lot of what you put out. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Like, I remember that you said that. Yeah, that was, okay. yeah. 
you had that was a different angle that a lot of I had I don't think that it really has really come up elsewhere. So well, I still think you're doing it. I don't know. There must be something uh, unconscious or subconscious because, like, if you look at Radio One, that's an obvious example. Morven mm -hmm. Collar, when she travels, it becomes such an important piece of that movie and the yeah. way that, you know, the, the rooms that she's in and the desert where they're in for a while or mm -hmm. um, Belitis, obviously, uh, Born to Win is a city movie out in the outback of Australia for Coca-Cola Kid. I don't know. I just feel like there's something in there that's still is that. But you're saying it's not intentional. It's just kind of well, maybe I aligned mean, with you. I, I would say that. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not discounting it. I'm not saying it's like not a valid. Um, point of discussion or anything no i love finding like i love finding connective tissue like that with these you know with a group of otherwise kind of disparate films yeah right right, right. Um, but yeah i mean I, I definitely i definitely i definitely love when a film and if I said this before on the previous episode, I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I I do love when a film really kind of envelops you in a in a in a in its world. Like when, yeah, you know, when you really feel like they've the filmmaker and and just the 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 everyone involved in the film has really created like like a world that actually kind of really really feels like it exists you know like that the that the movie that the that the world within the film exists before the film and after the film right and i do feel like i don't know if that's exactly what you're saying but that's certainly something that i respond to probably subconsciously um in 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 films that i really that that really speak to me yeah well, good filmmakers can pull it out if it's there, right? They use that. They use that well. I mean, that was one of the things that I remember so well about "I Start Counting." Yeah, you wouldn't think about it intuitively, but the the kind of the countryside of the UK becomes sort of a as to the creepiness somehow. Like they're able to pull it out, you know? right? Right. Well, they and they use in that film. They really use the environment like that was actually there happening at the time with the buildings. Yeah buildings simultaneously being demolished and new buildings uh being yeah, constructed yeah. it really that one really feels like you know they're really they are really capturing a very specific moment in time because they didn't that wasn't created for the film that was just like real that was real deconstruction and construction that was happening there <laughs> and they just used it for the purposes of the story so it, you know so it lended it I, I, lent it a documentary kind of feel and i mean that's people say that's really like all films kind of end up existing as like secondary or, or like accidental documentaries um which is yeah. like a fascinating thing and, and that's something like since we're dealing with older films and we have films like alphabet city which you know take place in this indelibly new york setting although very heightened new york setting but also indelibly like from the past and like you know uh -huh. absolutely like a a world that doesn't exist any a version of this of this place that doesn't exist anymore right and um i mean that's just and that's just like gonna happen with probably like every one of our films like i don't know i've never been to australia i don't really know the places where coca-cola kid was filmed but uh -huh. i bet someone who's familiar with some of the stuff the places that you see in coca-cola kid would feel the same way like wow this movie on top of everything else it's doing it's preserving this version of this place that 
is far different now than it was yeah. when they made the movie. Um, well, that's awesome. I hope it continues. I, it's one of my favorite things about when every movie that I put on of yours is just kind of trying to see that connection because <laughs> so far it's 13 for 13. I have yet to see uh, well, Natural Enemies or Married to the Mob, although I have them. So. What do you think about like tell me like Heartbreakers, which is uh, which is I guess the most recent one you've seen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Heartbreakers was cool. It was um, let's see where I have it on my list. So I had it at right after Smile, which would be six. Okay, so um, like, but like, I mean, in terms of what you're talking about, in terms of like that that world, you know, that sort of world building quality of it, I guess, for lack of a better. No, totally. Sorry. Uh, I was just thinking of, so I like the movie. And also as far as you're saying, uh, it was a, uh, that one is, is in LA, right? Not New York. It was LA. That's totally an LA it, movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I felt like that I, I felt like I was, I had a better sense of what it was like to do cocaine in LA, like at that time period. I don't know if they actually did get cocaine. I can't remember, but that world that they're in, it just felt yeah. like, you know, they're, they're partying, they're kind of on the edge. Yeah, there's no, there isn't it. They don't, they don't partake on screen anyway. There's yeah, no, but um, yeah, that that party kind of bachelor like lifestyle or I, yeah, like I don't even know how to describe it. They're in relationships, but just that kind of like that little party lifestyle of LA at that time period, I think, was definitely a character of itself. I mean, the stuff they get into with the um, sex worker is crazy. It's out there. It's really funny. Like, and it's kind of sweet in its own way too. So yeah, no, I mean, they're all they're they're all. Um, they're all they all all the characters have very like that uh, the character you're talking about played by Carol Wayne um, that's just like sort of like this very kind of like casually like you know very offhandedly kind of remarked on part of her life uh, mm. but it, you know it was like she she we saw her as a model for, yeah. for Peter Coyote's artist and then yeah when they're at her house for dinner she's also just like also taking phone sex calls and it's just very it's just very matter of fact uh, yeah which, totally but totally seemed very it, it absolutely all seems to me like very like realistic you know like these are probably all all these things are i i imagine i think a lot of this stuff is is taken from real life from things that the director uh the writer director bobby Roth, or people things or people that he encountered in 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 um in real life yeah and so i i uh, anyway very personal that is one of our probably one of the films that feels the most personal of everything yeah i like the ways yeah I, I agree with that i like that um you have now released two movies with jeff bridges is that right um yes you, yes cutters cutters way and rancho deluxe cutters way is coming out right and then yeah um, so we have two, so, we have two films with jeff bridges and, we and they're have, also the same director, right? We have two films by Yvonne Passer. Uh, Born to Win is Yvonne Passer. Oh, and, that's what it was. Yeah, and and Cutter's Way is Yvonne Passer. Yeah, so yeah, so with Cutter's Way, we 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 there may be some there are some other repeats, some other repeated people in our movies, but yeah, that's the Cutter's Way is the first film uh, that where we're re repeating a, a director. And yeah, and also a, a big star in Jeff Bridges, which is pretty cool. That's fun. Uh, do you have, I'm curious, one, um, one of the things I've learned through, through doing this a lot, I always find interesting is, uh, I guess I just hadn't really thought about it before I started talking to folks like you, was that sometimes people will have like, uh, you know, a, a production 
list of like a year out or like two years out of, of titles that you have licensed, but oh, you're just yeah, kind of like yeah, going yeah. through the motions on. So right. not with any detail, but just at a high level, like, do you have a few that are kind of, you know, do you have like six months out or a year or just, do you have, have like, how's your, the licensing looking for like the future? Like, a um, <clears throat> excuse me, probably, probably about it. We're, we're, we're probably a year to maybe 12 to 15 months out i think wow that's great yeah. and so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're going through the motion of like getting the booklets and getting the interviews and doing the special features like this is just kind of how your days are now yeah yes the, and that, or that's that's definitely theoretically how they should be um, okay but yeah a lot of times it does a lot of times these things i i find end up being happening closer closer to that release date i would like to be more like like have things really happening more in advance and you know more simultaneously that's a goal for sure but we actually but in terms of like things that are coming in various stages we're yeah we're probably about 12 to 15 months out by the way i think that's universal the company i work for uh is going to report 18 billion dollars of revenue this year and um, I, I was up last night till 1130, getting something ready to submit at midnight. Like, I think it's just kind of how it goes. Like, you know, even as big as you get, like human behavior is kind of human behavior. You know? like, I suppose. I don't know if everyone's a natural procrastinator, but I certainly only, am. Only the successful people. <laughs> All right. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. I'm just justifying it. Um so uh, kind of tying into this idea of what your days are like. So when you started out, you start putting out the discs. Um, I know you have, if I remember your background correctly, you have a lot of ties to theaters, like to be able to do like theatrical, you know, if, if you wanted to distribute theatrically as well, you have a lot of those connections. Um, Certainly, you, yeah. yeah. If the rights are available, if the, if, if, the theater, if the cinematic or public performance rights are available, for, certainly I, I have, you know, a lot of practical work experience yeah booking movies that way yeah mm -hmm. so is that something that you might do more of or is, or is that something that y'all are going to do more of i i'm certainly like it's certainly if if um it, like i said if if the if those rights are available it just so happens that with a lot of the films we've licensed those rights haven't been available and we've primarily focused on on blu-ray or on just you know on, on home on home video because that's what been available to us that's a good point i'm just looking at these i see a lot of mgm here so i guess yeah. a lot of these films are probably they're not going to release the theatrical rights for a lot of these probably right yes yeah, so, so the studio a lot of a lot of the times the studios not just mgm but like the, the the studios in general are not as they're not typically going to license out the um theatrical rights the cinematic rights or the digital streaming rights um as as um easily they, they're they're usually only making the home video rights available so yeah then there's other films that we have like radio on where um we were able to license all of the rights so all the major rights that theatrical home video tv streaming everything which is uh which is nice when when we can do that because yeah obviously it gives us more ways to make our money back right um, you know so for it's definitely better for business to be yeah. able to do that 
Speaking of better for business, how was the box set for y'all? Was that a fun project? Do you think you'd ever do another box set? Um, yeah, I would like to do another one for sure. Yeah, that was a fun one to do because um, that was just a crazy, that catalog, the company that, that those titles came from, they just have a huge, they're just, you know, really varied catalog with just lots of all different types of movies. And I just happened to find that they had this they had this library basically of films tv films that were produced by the same producing producing team and so we picked three and i found these three that i felt sort of had some connect you know had some strands that made them you know that connected them beyond the um beyond the fact that they had the same producers you know they they had like i felt they all kind of had a little bit of a youthful a youth bent to them like all of them all, all of the protagonists are young people mm -hmm. and the the issues that they're confronting are the issues of, or issues of the popular or very topical issues from of that day of the late 70s and early 80s that those were things that people were really grappling with all of the all of the subjects in that movie or in those three movies were were things that were sort of like that ripped from the headlines kind of yeah. kind of um uh subject matter and and so we you know the 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 name primetime panic was is kind of alluding to this there these are these are well they're, they these movies were made for primetime they were they were primetime movies of the week so they were playing at like 8 9 p.m. at night yeah, they were designed to the and and those those uh, these these were films that to one degree or another were were kind of in, designed to get people talking, and they're playing also on on you know these were these were topics that people were very you know had some fear of or had some because these were these were things like oh you're you're you don't want your kids to get involved or get you know, get stuck in this or get stuck in that type of predicament. That's what all these movies are kind of dealing with. So they're sort of playing on what's topical and also like playing on fear, fears of the day. I think uh, that's what we came up with, you know, prime time. So we had to come up with something kind of alliterative. So that's what we did. I like it. I, I remember that. I thought it worked well. No, it's a great, it's a very catchy title. Is it, is um, Dreams Don't Die the Carnival one? Is that right? Or is that Freedom? Freedom is the one that's in the carnival. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah that, that, and then Dreams Don't Die was the one with the young graffiti writer in New York. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 of yeah. course. Um, Freedom uh, then was the one where my wife and I were talking about it afterwards. Like, you know, nowadays in theory, in that same situation, you have a cell phone to keep up with your kid. But back then they just kind of like went with this carnival. Like I can't imagine. No, and then the funny thing is it's like all based on real. It's, it's actually <laughs> the most real uh, based on a real events film of any of those three it's yeah. uh the most um you know actually i mean maybe some stuff in the movie is 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 altered a little for for the for tv but mm -hmm. it's the least heightened the other ones are a little more sensational to say the <laughs> least um, yeah, yeah, but, but but freedom is actually like the most i freedom is probably my favorite one of the three because I felt like it actually had, it felt to me like it had, it had similarities to a lot of the character based 
cinema that was happening in, in the new Hollywood in the seventies. I felt like that film had yeah. felt like somewhat something of an extension of that. Like it wasn't so, it wasn't so focused on the, on the plot uh, mechanics. It didn't have any, it didn't have anything. I liked that. It didn't have anything super sensational, like tabloidy in it. And it was more about like, the people and that environment. Like I just loved uh, the portrayal of the environment of the, of, of the carnival. Like I was very, felt very authentic to me, which I like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it's, it, but it's funny because that the cool thing about that primetime panic set was that um, people, everyone had a favorite, you know, I would read, you know, I re read reviews either like on Letterboxd or on social media or even on some of the different Blu-ray sites and, it was like someone would speak really strongly for every one of those movies. Yeah. Uh, my, so, uh, this, cool. one, this one is my favorite. Uh, I'm probably biased. So when I saw uh, Death Rise to Osaka, I liked it. And I looked it up and I was like, Jonathan Kaplan, yeah. isn't that the Chuck Turner guy? And I yeah. and then like, anyways, I was like, what? No way. And then like his backstory is interesting how he did. Um, was it uh, he did one movie? Was it Over the Edge? Anyways, he did some movie. Yes, he did and, Over and, the Edge. Yeah. OK, mm -hmm. yeah. And he was like, yeah, I think my career is over. <laughs> so like he was kind of just like happy to get work for a while. And then yeah. and obviously they came back in a big way. But yeah, um, no, and that was a lot. And that was, I'm, you know, over the edge was a very formative movie for me. So I was excited to be able to talk to him. He, I mean, I was like, I'd love to be. I talked to him. We had a great interview. And yeah, I, I we still talked about over the edge and some of his other stuff because I felt like, I mean, it was relevant because it bordered his work in these tv films but yeah really interesting trajectory for him that he had directed truck turner he directed over the edge he directed a few other feature films and then he directed this string of television films yeah. when his employment was a little difficult on getting another feature film job but he he was very positive about it when we talked about it and talked about how they were invaluable teaching uh, learning experiences for him like even though they were tv movies it made him he said it, it made him a better filmmaker for later part of his career when he went back to directing hollywood features so yeah. and and yeah and that was just so much fun to talk to him and he had so many good memories of death ride to osaka like his memory for it for, for something he made 40 years before was really i was really impressed yeah, and, I loved, and I loved, and I'm, a, and I also really loved that uh, we got to talk about Jennifer Jason Lee and his working with her and how important that was for him. You know, she's she is really one of the great actresses, great actors of her generation. Yeah, and, sure. and even though this is a TV film, um, you know, it still offered her it still offered her like challenges and she got to sing and it was still a tough, there's still a tough part. And I think it's, I think I was, I was glad we were able to put it out in a quality version because I think, I think that um, what putting these TV films out, um, I think one of the messages I was trying to communicate was that like, yeah, even though Jonathan Kaplan, you know him from things like over the edge or the accused, um, these films are also an important part of his filmography too, even though they were made yeah. for TV. And even though Jennifer Jason Lee is, you know, uh, Academy Award nominated 
actress and independent spirit award winner and acted in so many wonderful films feature films that this film is if you're like if you're evaluating their whole careers there these are these are valuable these are links these are valuable links in the chain basically these tv films um so i think it's like it's a and it's a part of film history tv history which is still kind of untapped and like a lot of these films are still not available or still mm -hmm. have been restored so the fact that th these were restored and they look i mean they look incredible they, these films like look better than anyone ever would have seen them because really they they never really played they would never have really played in theaters for the most part i mean some of these films had some possible foreign theatrical play but i mean most people here anyway just saw them on tv so so cool to be able to see all this stuff in the background like for like a dreams don't die the 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 production design in that like all the detail all the graffiti is i mean hugely valuable because it's actually yeah. it's graffiti by real legendary graffiti writers like dandy and this is like actually there it's not it's not graffiti done by like production designers which is a uh -huh. lot of movies, the a lot of movies the graffiti is fake it's just made by the art department but the dreams don't die is notable because dandy who's one of the greatest and most like influential graffiti writers of that of the classic era of graffiti mm -hmm. in new york he actually does most of the graffiti for the main That's character awesome. so awesome and it, that looks, was... it still looks so much better now like you could just see now you could freeze frame and you could just see stuff in, in high def that <laughs> right, right, would have, right. a lot of stuff that would have been blurry if you saw it on tv back way back when um I just not, not to spend too much time on this because it's a different label but one of my favorite documentaries i saw last year was martha a picture story have you seen that yet it was from utopia no i haven't seen um, it yet i have the, i have oh the blu-ray and i still have to watch it yeah so. she's just she just jumps off the screen talk about a lead performance like she's a force it's awesome well you've seen you you, you seen uh style wars yeah 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 so yeah so i mean she's obviously one of the one of the one of the people that you know made the 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 book and and the film so yeah i mean it, it's definitely links up with dreams don't die I, I i thought that was cool that they came out around the same time because yeah. obviously um martha had photographed Dondi. she had photographed you know yeah. some of the most iconic pictures of 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 hers or of Dondi you know when he's when he's writing so yeah i thought that that was fun to kind of you know connect that stuff on on our on social media totally that's cool um well the the two i, I have two kind of big questions left um one is going to sound like i'm putting you on the spot i don't mean that i don't mean to do that the only title that i'm just a little confused at when i watched it and i would just love to hear from somebody who's passionate about it because i just i didn't know quite how to take it um, was Bilitis. Um, oh, Bilitis. Okay, sorry, Bilitis. Yeah. So I, I, Bilitis, I, I didn't know how, like, help me understand, like that, because it's, the girls are actually pretty young in that, and uh, I don't know, I, I just felt uncomfortable watching it a bit, but help me understand, like, this, I, is it like, um, yeah, can you help me get, like, what, what is it that I, I, I want to see it again with a clear mind, so I'd love for, to help, like, if you could help me understand, like, sure. uh, yeah, well, well, you know, I have to say, um, I'm, I'll, I'm not, 
I, I would I have to I have to say that every film I don't every every film that we put out and I think most um, anyone in my position would would say the same thing and it's the truth is like you know just like you rank the movies on Letterboxd <laughs> you have a personal ranking not every film I can't say that every film is means as much to me or as as close to my heart as as others so. Bilitis is for me is 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 not one of those films, but at the same time, and at the same time, I felt it was it was it was something that was it was something that was available to us, and I felt that if we it has it has historic significance. It had not all of it good, obviously, particularly with the filmmaker, and I felt that. One of the things I feel strongly about, and it's true on all of our releases, is that um, we don't just put the movie out by itself. So I felt like, yeah, this is a difficult movie, uh, obviously, for on, on multiple levels. Um, so I felt that it was important to have historical, contextual extra yeah. features, like an, a historian audio commentary, for instance. So the movie is not just by itself so like if sure. you're having questions like you're having like help me understand this like i could say i think it's important i don't well, i don't believe that like if i i do believe strongly that in the case of like something like bilitis where there's a where the where the where the creator or the artist the filmmaker is problematic or has some troubling history as david hamilton does uh -huh. that it doesn't, I don't think, I, I do, I do feel that we should, I, I feel that we should, that we should still be able to or endeavor to separate art from the artist. So, totally. so, you know, this is a case of that. It's sort of like, it was sort of, I guess, in some ways, like a litmus test. And, you know, I just felt like, I don't love the movie, to be honest with you. It's not my, okay. there's things, but there are things that I do think are really there are things that I do really like about the movie. I love the music. I'm a huge, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big soundtrack person. That's another thing that, um, that oh, yeah. a lot yeah. of our films. Yeah. I really like the Francis Lai music for that film. In fact, I was familiar with the soundtrack before I had seen the movie and also the photography, the style, the, the, the look of the film, um, and the way they achieved that look. And that, kind of that merchant ivory style like that yeah that gauzy kind of, there's it's yeah. like you know it's it's, a, it's this gauzy kind of yeah. you know fuzzy kind of look to it yeah. and it looks like a period movie even though that movie wasn't a period film but um and we had a good interview with the with the camera operator as i recall in, in a, a french it's subtitled in english interview which is which is also in addition to the commentary i thought was was a pretty good feature just in terms of like talking about how this look was achieved especially i think like that's something else like a lot of our films are a lot of the a lot of the most of the films we we've released are things that were shot on film and now we're releasing them on a digital format and that's a movie in particular that is like so much in an analog looking film like right. the, the effects that they achieved are all like achieved um within the camera you know they're all in camera effects mm -hmm. in terms of using um special kinds of lenses and things that they developed for that film so i thought that was pretty cool to have 
be able to have that discussion there too because that's another thing that people talk about a lot with that film so anyway i don't know if i've answered your 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 question at all but uh yeah i mean like i said it's it's like i i feel pretty strongly that like i keep saying that i feel like most of our films all of our films probably have things that in today's climate play differently than they would have when they when they came out and billetus is no different a lot of the a lot of so there's oftentimes we have people will comment on something in one of the films and um and and sort of be like surprised that it was like how did this get by or how did this happen how did this how did this Uh. happen in this movie or that movie and and the thing is is that if you go back and look at contemporary reviews and reactions when those films when those things when those films were first released they they weren't commented on it's just it'd be, it's just but more social mores change and obviously in a lot of ways for the better um but i do think that sometimes again without the context without having some surrounding uh some some kind of commentary I think that sometimes um, if you just leave the film by itself, then it's maybe not always viewed as, as totally fairly, you know, I feel like. um, I mean, you could look at something like Solo and say the same thing, right? If you have no context for that movie, you watch it, you're like, what? (laughs) Um, Not not that I'm comparing the two, but I mean, there there are other examples of like, if you just take the movie without the context, you're like, what is happening? Yeah, it's not, these are, these are, I feel they're almost designed not to just be watched by itself. It's almost like the, like, I think that probably the commentary on Bilitis is probably the most important commentary on any of our discs, to be honest with you. Okay. Yes, because it's a movie that a lot of people are going to have questions about, and they don't shy away from any of it on the commentary either. I think, I think that, um, that the historians on that track did a, did a really good job. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll watch the commentary then and, uh, and I'll, and I'll let you know. And I'll there's certainly, no, no, there's certainly don't, there's no obligation to obviously no, I want... like if you, 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 you'd have to actually still like, you'd, you have to still feel like some desire to do it. It's not like medicine. You don't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I, uh, I defend um, what you just defended all the time for mm-hmm. movies that I like for different reasons. Yeah, um, I mean, I would so, say every one of our films, probably almost everyone, if not every one of our films is is a, it's a cliche at this point, but it's a, they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> that's the other common thread between all of them. Um, that's funny. Um, cool. Well, thank you for going down that path. I wanted to send you an email and just ask you, but I thought, why not do it in, in front of hundreds of listeners? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so thank you for going down that path with me. Um, okay. Well, the only other thing I'm curious about then is kind of, you know, what's next? So we've, we've got, we, we talked about it. We've got 12 to 15 uh, months of, of releases that are there, that are mm-hmm. licensed, ready to come out. So that's good news. Um, do you see yourself uh, ramping up production ever like you know like do you kind of do you see the label growing in a particular direction or size or, or uh, you just kind of one at a time I think it's still for them for 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 the most part I I don't really see it changing a lot from where it is right now which is essentially like like a one of one a release one a month release mm-hmm. kind of schedule but 
I mean, I don't hold me to it. Um, you will see when when I talk to you again in you know eighteen months or something <laughs> <laughs> when you're putting out three a month. Um, uh, okay, well, I just have to say this: like, I think it's come out implicitly, but explicitly, you're doing a fantastic job. The curation is top notch. I I would recommend any movie in the catalog, um, and maybe with the commentary, I'd recommend Bilitis. But outside, of, <laughs> <laughs> but outside of I, outside no of, no no offense taken over here, you know. Cool, cool, so, cool. Um, you're not you're not you you didn't you, it weren't like attacking like like uh, you know like a like a Jeremy or something. You know, oh yeah, awesome. Which okay. is closer to my heart. Awesome. Okay. Well, no, Jer no, no, no. I wouldn't do that. Um, I, uh, it, it's, it's, I think your, yeah, your creation game is on point. Uh, I don't think you have any misses. I think that the, um, there's excitement around the label to where people are saying like, we, some of the different, uh, like I'm on a, I'm invited to a YouTube channel every now and again, and we talk about labels that oh. would, we would have to buy. Like, you know, there's this thing of like with 22 partner labels, what are the three that you would choose? Oh, wow. And in the comments, people are listing it and Fun City is always one of the three. So oh, I'm really um, flattered. Thank you. I mean, I mean, yeah yeah I take well, that well thank you so thank you for letting me know of course yeah i'll uh, i'll forge you the link so you can see it in real time but everyone's putting in obviously fun city or you know, here's two <laughs> other ones but wow. um please keep please keep doing it well i know we'll all keep buying and um uh yeah thank you so much for making some time for this today thank you chris really a lot of fun and uh like i said you know i wasn't kidding eight, eight, you know 18 months from now or whatever we'll we'll do it yeah We'll do it again. We'll do it. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Take care, man.